fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? Happy post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week as we try to set the tone for the day and for the entire week. I know it's hard back at it. It's so daunting looking at this five-day work week after the holiday that we saw last week, but we're back at it trying to ease that pain just a little bit here on the show and welcome into it broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's great to have you along for the ride today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do Every single day. Bottom of the hour. Big show lined up today in a hard one. And I'll get to that in just a second. It'll be an interesting one. Definitely something on a little bit different front. I may have some angry emails coming in at me by the end of this program. But I think it needs to be said. Bottom of the hour, though. Blaine Pardo. BlainePardo.com. We've had him on the show many times. He is an author of multiple books. Mostly fiction. Although his fiction is turning into nonfiction. With the way the world is going. His latest book, in No Greater Tyranny, is part four in the Blue Dawn series about the military and post-apocalyptic societies. Kind of fascinating. We'll talk with him at the bottom of the hour. He's been one of the more censored authors and blocked authors on content. So we'll get his thoughts on the latest censorship, piggyback on some of the conversation we had yesterday regarding artificial intelligence, the progression of the technology across society and how we cope with that and make our uh, dig our little hole in our little corner of the world uh, known as the World Wide Web and the Interweb uh, globally and how we defend and preserve those conservative messages. So we'll have all that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But I want to start off the show today with kind of a challenging and difficult conversation. Now, if you get angry with me, bear with me until you hear my entire point out, shall you? Please don't just get mad at me, and you can email me at network at gmail.com. You can also send me a message on the website directly at hoosierreason.com. The email and contact information's right there. And I really want to get your thoughts on this because maybe I'm a little out of the norm here, or maybe we do have all mostly in agreement when it comes to this issue, but some people just don't like to speak up and say this one. But um, for just a moment here, I'm going to do something we normally don't do, but you know this is the voice of reason, and we're fair on all sides of the aisle because we don't hold ourselves to tribal party politics just because uh, we just stand for it regardless of whether it's right or wrong. So I'm going to shift the conversation for the day today just for a little bit, and I'm going to focus on Republicans and conservatives. Can we do that for just a second? I know it's going to be very controversial, but we need to remember as conservatives, because remember, we hold ourselves up to a little bit higher standard than the progressives. They don't care. They're there to literally try and break the rules, to try and push those boundaries, to try and do challenging things, which is needed to to a degree in society. But you've pushed things a little bit too far to where people are very confused about who they actually are as just a human being. And I think that's a point where in a world where we have mental health issues running rampant and shootings and people depressed and more people on pharmaceutical pills than ever before and anxiety running high, I would think that maybe we've pushed the boundary a little bit too far. 
That being said, as conservatives, we try to hold ourselves to a higher standard where we believe in what? The three main principles that we talk about on the show all the time, which is the three pillars of conservatism, the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to private property. As long as you're not treading on me, I won't tread on you. You live your life. I live my life. Everything's happy hunky-dory. And that's usually what conservatives believe in. Now, the Republican Party as a whole, I'm talking specifically just the conservative ideology here. Unfortunately, when things get so far bad on the other side because they're pushing their agenda on the left side of the aisle, we tend to do what normal human beings do, I guess, is the reactionary response is push the pendulum so far the other way that we use the same tactics that they do by pushing our own agenda and forcing it down them to accept and go along with as well. And we have to be very careful not to do that because if we're promoting the idea of individual freedom and individual sovereignty, they still have the right to do stupid things. They still have the right to even advocate for stupid things. We just have to be better at advocating to where their movement doesn't gain any traction. We have to be better at winning people over with our ideas as opposed to forcing people to go along with what we believe in. We have to win people over, not use the same policies that they use to dictate and force people to go along with what we want, which means we're no different than what the progressives are doing. Here's what I mean in our uh, trending story of the day. What's trending today? And again, this is going to upset a lot of people possibly, but we have to have this conversation. There's a couple different stories floating on right now about potentially conservatives using quote-unquote big government to try and impose their will based on predominantly religious beliefs. I'm going to start off with our friends down in the state of Oklahoma. We have a lot of listeners down in Oklahoma, and uh, being here in Kansas, where I'm from, in Wichita, I'm a short ways away from Oklahoma and follow a lot of their news. There's been a big push from a guy by the name of Ryan Walters, who is the superintendent of the public school system in the state of Oklahoma, and the legislature which is completely dominated by Republicans. And for those that don't know that live across the country and don't know much about Oklahoma politics, I'll give you a quick crash course. I'm not an expert either, but my takeaway is that Republicans have such a stronghold on the politics there, and they have for such a long time, as in like they have a supermajority in the legislature, they have a Republican governor, they have Republican in all of these staffing administrative positions. Like it's, it's a Republican state. But they've had that power for so long And there's so many of them that now many Republicans are advocating for even some big government policies. And there's now beginning to be a fraction within the Republican Party because, well, human nature, it goes on for too long. And now we begin to split and we begin to go away from what we actually stood for at the beginning when we try to fight. There's a big difference. And that's why Republicans are terrible at the federal level. They're really bad at being able to lead because we're good at being the minority party that yells and screams and says we can't do what we want to because we don't have the ability to do so. And then when we get the opportunity, then we blow the opportunity because we don't know how to actually lead, unite the party, whip the party, and actually make things happen. Republicans have to start changing that. There is a push down in Oklahoma by Ryan Walters, who is the state superintendent for the public school system, to try and force the Bible to be part of the curriculum within school and actually have like a Bible class in public education. Now, I I shouldn't have to say this, but I will say this again just to reiterate for those listeners that are like, wait, Andy, you don't want the Bible to be taught? I am a Christian. I believe in Christian values. I believe in the family values. I believe in my religious beliefs. Maybe slightly different than some that uh, that listen on a daily basis, but that's okay. 
I mean, everybody has their own flavor of how they interpret the Bible and how they have their faith and their their uh, their relationship with God. But I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I have my faith. That being said, I do not believe that the Bible should be a course in public education schools because that is a major treading upon the whole concept, even though, and I'm very well aware, that there is a separation of church and state. Even though that's not in the Constitution, there is still a separation between the two. And the reason there's a separation between the two is not because of uh, the way that we talk about the separation of church and state today, but because we want a true, free religious practice in the nation. And we need to go back to the founding of this nation to remember that when the pilgrims came over because they were not allowed to practice their religious practices the way they wanted to because they came over during the time when King James had started the Church of England because he was doing things that the church didn't accept, so he just started his own religion, and then everybody had to follow that same religion and follow the same practices, which is just another spinoff of a form of Christianity. And the other ones were like, yeah, I don't really want to do that, and we're not allowed to print our own stuff, we're not allowed to print our own Bible, we're not allowed to practice our own faith, we're going to come over to this new land. And the whole purpose of this new land was for everybody to practice the way they wanted to. Their own way, or none at all, if that's what you chose to do. Having the Bible in public schools, to me, I think bridges that line. Now, I grew up with having like prayer at the pole, to where before school, the youth groups and other religious organizations and the rest of the church would come, and we would have a prayer at the flagpole before school started. Absolutely. I came from a public school where also we had a Bible club after school that was a private club where we had the ability to study the Bible. Totally okay with that. I came from a school as well where the principal of our school was also the head coach of the football team of our school. And before the football game, as the principal and as the head coach of the public school, we knelt down in the football field in the end zone and prayed before the game. And if you didn't want to do that, you didn't have to, but it was an option for you because that was the choice that we chose to make. That's totally cool. But to make it a curriculum... In the public school, I have a problem with. Now they're going to try, they, according to them, they try to tie it in in some way, shape, or form with like a history class because there's a lot of historical references in the Bible. Cool. But I still think that crosses the line just a little bit. Uh, Ryan Walters, that superintendent for the Oklahoma Public Schools, uh, was on Fox Business just a couple of days ago saying this. And instead of allowing Biden and the unions to inject their ideology through graphic pornography like genderqueer and flamer, we want the Constitution, we want the Bible in our schools where kids understand our nation's history and, and what has made this country great. So you actually want to put, not put the Bible in schools, but teach from the Bible in schools, which is something which I think the Supreme Court ruled against many, many years ago. Yes, sir. And we need to take a look at this. The reality is, is the Bible is a foundational document in our country's history. Read the founders, read their letters, listen to what these men and women said about what, why founding a country with the freedom of religion, the free exercise of religion was so important. The free exercise of religion. And while there are many historical pieces within the Bible, to make that as a mandatory, uh, you know what's going to happen here. 
you know what's going to happen. It's going to open up the Pandora's box to where other religions as well are going to come out and say, well, if you're going to use the Bible as a historical reference, we can also use this document, this document. And then it's going to be this show of the what religious documents are going to be in public schools, when at the same time, by the way, churches are still getting tax uh, exemption because they're a religious institution because of the argument of separation between church and state. And while I agree that the Biden administration and the LGBTQ community and everybody else is pushing this massive wokeness to confuse our children, especially at an adolescent time, especially when they're hitting their puberty level and going through a hormonal change and they're very emotional and they're very vulnerable and they're trying to figure out who they are and trying to figure out what's going on and the hormones are running rampant. At that pivotal time in their life, they're being confused by woke advocates trying to tell them that they're confused and confuse them even more, causing deeper damage. And we completely need to fight against something like this. Going to the extreme of the other way and saying, no, no, we're going to get rid of all that, but then we're also going to implement something like the Bible, I think is the wrong direction to go. We can have the clubs after school. We can try and teach. But at the end of the day, we have to remember, as conservatives, Using a government system like public education for our own agenda is just as wrong as what progressives are trying to do through the system as well. As conservatives, our goal is to make sure that no agenda is being taught and we're strictly teaching writing, reading, mathematics, science, the basics of what we're supposed to be able to function in society and the morals and the values and the family values, and what's right and what's wrong in society. We've relied too much on the public education system run by the government to do that for us. And it's if we want that change, it's time to focus on the family unit and bringing back that home to the family level with the conversation at the dinner table, which is not the direction that they're going on here in the state of Oklahoma. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. All right, how many hate messages have I gotten already? <laughs> you can send me the hate message at Hoosier Reason on our social media. Also email me, Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. I'm truly curious on what your thoughts are here. Are we in the right here or are we in the wrong? I know a lot of people are upset with the direction our public education system's going, the wokeness that's infiltrating our children. And I completely agree. I'm right there with you, 100%. Let's fight it. Fight the power, man. What are we doing? We're changing it. We're getting people involved by running for city council. We're getting people to run for school boards. We're getting people to be more active and engaged with their children in their public education. And as conservatives, we can go one of two directions. We can either work it to steer it back to where it needs to be by not imposing our will, by just getting rid of their will and just keeping it straight down the road, which is the way we need to, or... We take matters into our own hands and we private school or we take them to a different school or we homeschool them and teach them our own values. But for too long, even Republican conservatives have depended too much on the public education system to raise our children for us. And I understand why. Totally get it. We're trying to work. Both parents are working. We're working two or three jobs. We're never home with our kids. And we never get that opportunity to have that conversation sitting at the dinner table with our children any longer, making it very difficult to do so. But we have to remember the core values of why we started this nation in the first place. We have to remember that because 
trying to advocate for something like Bible in the school, while I agree with those principles of what's being taught in there for the most part, at the same time, that's imposing our will as much as the other side doesn't want it. Like, we don't want them to impose their will with the LGBTQ stuff. But Andy, they're corrupting our children. And that's the duty of the parents to make sure that their kids have a level head to be able to face the world. Because uh, here's the uh, trigger warning for some, is that we're not going to be there the entire life for our children to take care of them, protect them from the weirdness that goes on in the world. It is our duty as parents not to make them our children our entire life, but to raise them to be the proper adults and handle these situations when they come across them, because we will not be able to prevent that from actually happening. And I'm trying to learn that with my nine-year-old daughter, making her prepared for the world, not trying to shelter her from the world, because then she will be completely vulnerable when that time does come, and she will not be prepared for it. And that scares the absolute crap out of me. So that being said, what do we do about this and how do we uh, try to um, prepare our children moving forward? It's not from putting the quote unquote Bible in the school, but it's having the getting them involved in certain things like Bible study outside of school. It's having the conversation with the children. But to put that in the school, I think, is the wrong direction to go here, because aren't we doing the same thing? that they're actually doing. And the bigger question is, can we win people over with our ideas as opposed to enforcing it upon them? Now, in regards to the separation of church and state argument from the Constitution, because we're right, that is there is no separation there. It's not mentioned in the Constitution. It was, however, mentioned during a letter that Jefferson wrote to the Dansbury Baptist back in 1802. And the concern was, here's what he said. He said, believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his uh, worship, that the legislative powers of government uh, reach actions uh, only in not opinions, I contemplate with the sovereign reverence that the act of the whole American people which declared that the legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. There was an argument or a story that I read from Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire about a rise in paganism across the nation right now and how we thought it was going to be going towards anti-God, going towards atheist movements, but instead has gone towards a paganistic practice with many individuals. And while obviously being a Christian, that seems a little foreign to many of us, this nation has the ability to allow individuals to practice that way if that's the way they choose. And they have the right to do so with that free freedom of religion. That ability to practice however they want to. It's our duty to show our views and live by example and teach them why maybe that's not the direction they need to go. But not through government intervention and government regulation and teaching at that young age like that. With Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. Trying to carpe diem all over this place, <laughs> even though I don't know. Maybe I'm upsetting people. Maybe not. I don't know. I've got a couple messages on the live streams, and it seems like overall people are somewhat agreeing. And look again. I have my faith. I have strong faith. I believe as well. But there's a reason why we keep that out of the public schools is because there's a difference between 
imposing a religion, which is exactly the whole purpose of why we started this nation, was to get away from something like that and allowing us to practice any religious practice that we want to in this nation. That's the beauty of this nation. That's what we hold on to, and that's what we pride ourselves on, is that we have the right to freedom of religion, freedom of expression, and freedom of opinion, regardless of what. So while we did have a lot of Judeo-Christian beliefs in our founding, our founding fathers even said, we have that, but it's between the individual and God, and it should not be involved in the government, which is why it's not written in the Constitution with a separation of church and state, but it was interbedded into our uh, structure of government to keep it away. That's why religious institutions like churches have tax exemption because they're supposed to be completely separate from the system because their whole purpose was we don't want a church of England like we tried to flee from during the Revo- or during the beginning of the, uh, the, the founding of this nation when we went over here and got away from the king and the crap that they were doing. All right, enough of that conversation. You can email me, Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. Agree, disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, and... Uh, is again, as conservatives, Republicans, we need to remember how we fight for our values, which our values are being fought by individual sovereignty and remembering not relying on a government institution like public education to teach for us, but to prepare our children for when they encounter something that may be foreign or different from what they grew up as. That being said... What's trending today? Excited to have back on the program. It's good to get this guy back on, and I had to get him on because he's man, he's cranking out content left and right, and I love it. With a, a new book coming out next week, No Greater Tyranny. It is the fourth book in his Blue Dawn series, uh, which is a fantastic. Uh, it's sad because it's supposed to be fiction, but it seems like a lot of it's turning out to be true. The way that society is working out today, Mr. Blaine Pardo on the line with us. Blaine, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. It's good talking to you. Yeah, yeah. it's good to have you back on the program. I don't, I don't know if you followed those real quickly, just that, that case out of Oklahoma trying to instill the Bible into public education. It's an odd concept, but the argument is, well, the left is promoting LGBTQ and transgenderism. we got to fight that, so let's put the Bible in the school to try and rid that. I, we're kind of like fighting fire with fire on that one, and I don't know that that's the best way to do this. Yeah, I'm not so sure I trust uh, public education teachers to teach the Bible in the first place. (laughs) That's something that needs to be done with the family, and I've always maintained that. If you have religious beliefs, that's that's a very much a family centric thing, and that's where that belongs. Yeah, Um, I just don't think the public school system is probably best for that. They struggle to teach reading and writing and racist math at this point so you know i what would they do if we gave them access to bible teaching is that they would corrupt that and i i just think we need to stay away from that it's a great point that is a great point their whole purpose is to teach exactly just writing reading history math science just the basics to understand how the world functions then they can decide to go off to higher education and do whatever they want to do thereafter but that's what they're supposed to be teaching nothing else because Again, we're relying too much on government institutions leading to a lot of the current event issues that we're seeing across the board right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, and I've got I've got friends who I went to a teaching college when, when I graduated um, with a business degree, but it was primarily a teaching college. And I have friends that are in this, and we've had a very active debate online about this whole transgender issue, et cetera. And it's funny because people who I've respected for years and still do respect are going, well, but parents are bad. You don't realize how bad these parents are. We have to help these kids. 
And they see it as they're trying to help these kids adjust. And I'm like, but it's not your job. Right. You're not the parent. And it's not your position to withhold information from parents about their children. And they're like, but these people are bad parents. I said, then address that. Go after that issue. If you want to go after that issue, hey, I'm with you. There's a lot of people that should never be allowed to reproduce. The fact that they have reproduced, we need to teach them to be good parents. But again, a lot of that's done at the community level. Go to church. Learn you know, the best parenting values you can from other people in the community. Yeah. But you know, this concept of teachers withholding that information or assisting covertly in some conversion of their these children, it's wrong. It's just plain wrong. It is wrong. I saw the same argument being used when we raised the tobacco sales up to the age of 21 instead of 18 because, well, you don't understand the power and influence that these tobacco industries have to appeal to the young generation, especially now with vaping and all this other stuff that's going on. Therefore, we need to raise the age limit to 21, which, again, continuing just to extend adolescence and delay adulthood uh, continues to be, I think, a major problem in society. We have no clear definition of what an adult actually is in society anymore between being able to vote and sign up for the military at 18. You can't drink or smoke until the age of 21. You can't rent a car until the age of, like, 25. Like, what are we doing here? And we're using, again, Republican values, quote-unquote, using the government to try and do our parenting for us. You can't do that. And we've seen it time and time again in the public schools. We've turned them into social engineering. We've turned them into food distribution centers for free lunches and and breakfasts. And we've turned them into daycare. They need to be going back to what they were in the 1970s and the 1980s. They were schools. And they were there to provide a core foundational piece of education so that people could conceivably go out and make a living and work and function as productive members in our society. We have drifted away from that and we have let the schools become so much more than they were ever intended to be. And it needs to stop and we need to reverse that. I don't think playing the same tactics that the left is doing with with trying to indoctrinate, you know, I don't think we should be playing the indoctrination game. I think everybody agrees indoctrination's wrong. So you don't fight fire with fire in this case. It's just not a smart move. I'm right there with you. We're talking with Blaine Pardo. BlainePardo.com is the website. You can see all the books that you have. Let's talk about censorship for a second because I love watching you on social media and you know how to rile up the other side of the aisle and you've been censored. I I call you one of the more censored authors out there, especially for fictional books, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, but have you have you joined the new thread yet? Have you joined the other new social media counter to the, to the Tweety? Not yet. You know, it, it, I tweet and, and I have my fun when I tweet. And if it upsets people, I understand that. Then don't follow me. You yeah. you literally are inviting a problem. Um, you know, I have been censored. Um, I had a book publisher that I had written for for 36 years because of the complaints of uh, a number of people I could count on one hand um, about me and my conservative values. They they stopped publishing my stuff. Well, I went out and published more stuff, and the books have all become bestsellers, and I'm doing just fine. Um, you know, I look at it as the the whole 
concept of this cancel culture stuff doesn't work long term. It just doesn't hold water. And if you, you know, the worst thing you can do is bow and buckle to it. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. The, the private sector, the consumer free market capitalist system always finds a way to get the information out there. And when there's a need and a craving for certain content, we will find a way to get it, which is why I think this movie, The Sound of Freedom, is doing so well. Why podcasts like Joe Rogan's doing so well. Why talk radio is never going to go away. Because when people are craving this content and information that is the truth and in uh, an alternative view on certain issues, they'll never be able to censor it. But the question is, Blaine, is with the new technology coming up, and we mentioned it briefly yesterday on the show, like artificial intelligence and AI with chat GPT and other uh, assistance on your phone, where they just punch out and regurgitate info for you when you can ask it anything and essentially do everything for you. Is this a cause for concern for conservative messages to where they're going to either try to incriminate us or demonize us or just completely leave us out of the conversation at all as more people begin to rely on this type of technology? Well, I come at it from two different angles, Andy, when it comes to AI. Um, one, it is something that needs to be watched very carefully because it's written by human beings. It's programmed by human beings. As such, it can be influenced by the human beings that are programming it. Uh, you know, So they could conceivably plant in a very deep level within an AI to, to repress or even slant people's opinions and views when they're queried about things concerning conservatives or conservative views. Uh, my second angle to this is I've worked in the IT community most of my career. Um, I was writing you know, in the evenings and on weekends, but I, I worked full-time in the IT community. Knowing most of the programmers I know, I'm not really worried about AI taking over the world because most of these guys write crap code as it is. <laughs> Well, that's at least encouraging. At least we know I know I know that the technology is beginning to advance now, but it is off to a bit of a rocky start because it's just coming out with random stuff and making crap up on the fly that's not even true at all. Well, it's it's also stealing art and stealing text from copywritten material that's out and available. Mm. And that's where the real problem's going to come up. And I think you're going to see a lot of lawsuits from authors and artists, you know, who go, look, yeah, you you have an AI cover on your book, but 90% of that is stuff from one of my pieces of art. Interesting. As such, you know, I'm going to sue you. And there's going to be a lot of that, I think, that starts coming out. And I think that alone, because it's the free market system, is going to lead to a lot of curtailment of AI because people are going to be fearful about putting that stuff out. That's very interesting. The plagiarism is real with AI, just stealing stuff from online and just punching it out to you. we got to take a break. I want to continue this conversation when we come back. It's Blaine Pardo, BlainePardo.com with all his great books. We'll do that right here on a post-Monday for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome back into the program. Last segment here on the show for a post-Monday celebration. Hey, real quick, want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. Great partner here on The Voice of Reason. We love them to death. Appreciate them very much. They are the largest grassroots advocate group in the entire country, by far. Four million advocates 
and volunteers and workers across the country. They have 36 different state chapters. They're, they've knocked all, over 1.5 million doors in 2022 alone as they work to reignite the American dream. You know what that American dream is, giving that free opportunity, that equal opportunity, not equal outcome, equal opportunity for everyone. Fighting for limited government, less government, government transparency, and the individual ability, the individual sovereignty and freedom to do what they need to do to make the American dream possible, reigniting that American dream. You can help them become a volunteer, help out with the organization, financially support them, help out by donating time or walking doors or whatever you want to do. You can help be part of the largest grassroots conservative advocacy group in the entire nation. Go to americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org, reignite that American dream right in your own local community and with Americans for Prosperity. And we appreciate them very, very much. All right, we're hanging out with Blaine Pardo. No Greater Tyranny, the fourth chapter in the Blue Dawn series coming out here in just a month or so. I had a question online, by the way, Blaine, they ask, is Blue Dawn a uh, kind of a spinoff of the uh, story of Red Dawn? Is that what this is about? Give us a little lowdown on what this uh, the series is all about. Yeah, the the series is a, very much a, a little takeoff Red Dawn. Uh, it's about after the last election, the progressives, when they don't get their way, overthrow the government. And they replaced the United States with a socialist nation. Uh, I basically gave the progressives everything they wanted. And the book picks up five years after that. The series does. And it talks about the Americans who want to not you know, roll back time, but get back to a sense of normalcy. Um, the progressives set up detention camps, which they call social quarantine camps. They implement a truth reconciliation committee, which thank you, President Biden. He was pushing for a, a governance board for misinformation. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's literally taking what the progressives have said they want to do in extracting revenge against the the conservatives that they're keeping lists is what AOC said. It's really giving them everything they want: socialized uh, medicine complete indoctrination in the schools, locking up of the conservatives. It's about the start of the second American civil war where the conservative values start to reemerge and people start rising up against this tyrannical state. Mm. It's a great concept. I can't wait to read some of these. I need to get the books just to read them myself as well. Uh, In the real world here with what we're going through, in your opinion, with how complacent the American public is and just going along with things, complaining about it with a hashtag on social media or going to work and griping about it at the water cooler, but not really doing anything, where do you think that line is before Americans just say, I've had enough and we're not going to deal with this anymore? Because during the revolution, it was, hey, you raised taxes on me by 2% on my sales tax and tried to take away my guns. Uh-uh, ain't going to fly. Uh, where do you think that line of complacency versus I've had enough is in society today? I, I can't define where that line is. And you've you've got a government. I mean, how many? It's been three times now. Joe Biden has threatened to use F-16s against you know people that would rise up against him. I mean, we are in a state where they're kind of using some of the fear tactics right now mm. to kind of suppress that kind of thinking and thought. I have a feeling that it won't happen till after the fact, and that's what what I said. With this, the tipping point will happen, and it'll happen quickly. And for all of people's, hey, I'll take up my guns and go fight for it, when it comes right down to it, that 
doesn't generally happen. Yeah. It, it's not an immediate knee-jerk reaction. And I'm not downplaying people's desires for some sort of confrontation should that happen, but I, I just don't see it happening that way. Yeah. Well, A lot of times these things happen, and they happen so quick that you're like, what the heck just happened to us? Look at what happened with COVID. Yeah, uh, exactly. And we went along with it for a year, two years. We went along with it. And between the masks, the isolation, the uh, the lockdowns, and then the, well, we need to get vaccinate, uh, vaccinated in order to function in society. Before we finally, like you said, started to question, these things aren't quite right. Maybe we should start pushing back. The question is, if that does happen again, God forbid, then will we go along with it? as much. We're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you about this for hours. It is No Greater Tyranny, the latest book that's coming out next month for Blue Dawn, the series. You can find it all online at BlainePardo.com. Blaine, always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do it again real soon. All right. Thanks, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure, brother. All right. There it is. Podcast up in just a little bit. Love to get your thoughts on the feedback for all we talked about on the show today and more. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.